Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. It's the 4th of January. Of 2022. Isn't that amazing? So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. First podcast of 2022. It is the very first one. And it's only been two weeks. Yeah, if I was a little rusty putting everything together. I was like, how long has it been? Since we did a podcast. We only we only took one week off. So. Yeah, I know. It felt like a long time. And I was, as I was plugging everything in and getting it all set, I was remembering. Do you remember when we did the podcast on my phone with a little plug-in microphone? Yes. That was how we first started. The, the early awesome. days. Yeah. Now we have a whole little area in our room. <laughs> it's like it's like completely different. That I managed to store it all in a lovely way so it doesn't look like a podcast area all week just while we're doing it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We've got our own little little cubbies. Yeah, but look shelves. how far we've come. We have. Yeah. Come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very retrospective moment for us. <laughs> yes. Here we are in the new year and we yeah. can't help it. Yeah. You know... We've been doing two gathers for like 11 years now. Wow. Yeah. So somewhere in there, we started the podcast. I don't remember when. I don't either. I'm sure there's a record of it somewhere. Yeah. It's not 11. We haven't been doing have podcasts no for 11 yeah. years. but No, no. No. I don't know how long we've been doing them. I have no concept of space and time. No. But here we Mostly. are. Yes. Hi. Hi. Happy New Year to you. Hello. It's not the first time I've said it to you, but... No, but I'm receiving it. I kissed you on New Year's. You did? Yeah. It was nice. It was a happy New Year. We danced. We, oh my gosh, we danced. That was so fun. Some would say that we danced. We danced. We did. It was so fun. It was. We had the best time ever. We dressed up in 70s. Yeah. And... Or um, tropical, or both. But yeah. we just did 70s. We did 70s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but some people did tropical. tropical. Yeah. We ate tropical. We did. Lord of mercy. Wow. Lord of mercy. Mm, those fish tacos. Whew. Really good. good. Really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. So I guess we opened up um, registration for winter tea. Yes. And, um, we're going to do live stream. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so our locals be coming and anyway so yeah we did that yeah yes and i mean there's this is full but it's just exciting to say that um we're having immersion we're we are having, having a immersion. winter immersion it's been it's been so long has it been so long it has been so long have we not done well we i don't know Mm-mm. we well we didn't do one we did one in 2020 winter Went but to, we didn't do summer no and then we didn't do one at all in 2021. So it's been two years. Yeah. Two years. That's why we feel so excited about it. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So very exciting. Also, we, we've we just gotten our dates for the spring fitting room. And we do have a waiting list. But if you're interested in the fitting room, please write us at info at blueflame47.com because... Sometimes those on the waiting list can't make it, and so it's always nice to know if there's somebody who, somebody else who's interested. So zip us an email. It'll be in April ninth. 
Yes. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Ninth, ninth through sixteenth. <laughs> I'm so impressed. You knew I was asking you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ninth. when you stopped talking, I figured there was a reason. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. Either. Nine, nine through sixteen. Yeah. So zip us an email, and we will we will put you on the on the wait list. And as we hear from people, we'll we will get back to you. Yeah, because people do. Um, even people on the wait list sometimes uh, they just can't come that yeah. week. Mm-hmm. So it's always a good idea to let us know if you're interested. Yep. And then we'll have you in that group yes. and be praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say, and we'll, we, you know, do almost all of the fitting room at Migdanaw, which is going, it's getting a facelift. A facelift. And when we're out there with the horses, I drive by and just the outside looks amazing. It's been painted. It's got a new color and it's just looking pretty cool. Is it is it snazzy? It is snazzy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. It's full of snaz. Yes. <laughs> snaz factor 10. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm going to uh, chit-chat about the heart this morning. Excellent. And... Um, so I'm going to read something that we read all the time and we should read all the time. It's one of those, there's a handful of Jesus quotes that should be read often. And and it, if for no other reason, it's just a reminder. But I we do this one a lot, but we're going to do it again because I want to emphasize a few things. So this is uh, the infamous uh, greatest commandment question that was asked of Jesus. So here's Matthew 22. And we'll start in verse 34. And that's just good to know because hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. So there you go. I mean, there's a whole chapter from August Rush in Terraforming Crowns. So Jesus silenced the Sadducees. So that was that was his comment about the resurrection related to marriage, and then the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, so we we know that about the Pharisees, is that they are what we would call today Bible experts, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets, which is the Torah, and uh, it's actually the um, the Tanakh, the law and the prophets hung on these two commandments. So Matthew twenty-two verse thirty-four through forty. So there's a relationship between how we love the Lord our God and how we end up loving our neighbors. And that's what we want to talk about today. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, we've talked about this many times. It's a, it's a reference to Second Chronicles. So, he's talking about the wholehearted choice of loving God. And so, I think a, a lot of people see that as the choice of, of how we are going to do something, but there actually is a little more to that we're going to talk about today and about, uh, I'm going to just call it making room, and uh, making room in our hearts so that it can be wholeheartedly loved at God, with God, for God, to God. And I think there's a real freedom that comes when we choose 
to wholeheartedly love the Lord our God because it alongside of it there is this opportunity to let go of some things. And so if we let go of some things that are in our heart, then we're able to love God wholeheartedly. And that greatly impacts how we love our neighbors. Here's Proverbs 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So, if we love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, then, then the key there is, is we are wholehearted. And if we're wholehearted, then everything we do flows from the wholeheartedness of love. Whereas if our heart is wholeheartedly selfish, then everything we do flows from selfishness. And if it's both love and selfish, then there is a, um, a mixture of how we love. And Jesus might call that lukewarm, but I think all of us come from this place. We all come from the place of selfishness. We choose God. And then this change begins, and so that change we're going to take a look at. But one of the things we want to see in this is that when God is our intake, then then we have that personal intimate relationship with God, then there's something happening in our heart that affects the outtake, which is how we love others. And and the world, you know, I, I know that I emphasize this a lot, and this is just kind of who I am, but it just seems like, you know, we have this little glimpse, this little um, mom- series of moments we call life where we get to love our neighbors. And, um, and then we have eternity is the ramifications of that. But we can't love our neighbors unless we love God, because God is love, and, lo- and lo- the, God is a source of love. And so, an expression of, of, of God's love is, is towards those people. And, and we want the world to receive the love of God through us, just as we have received the love of God from others. And of course, we have our intimate relationship with God that's, that's just between us and God. And that's, of course, the most important thing. But nonetheless, God has humbled himself for us to love others. And, and we do that as a, as a fruit of how we connect with God. So here is 1 John Three verse nine, and I'm going to use the English Standard Version, which is sort of the bypass from my usual, which is NIV. So here is First um, John three nine. So no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Now, we, we could have a whole week on born of God. So, that's, that's everything Jesus, Jesus talked about in the gospel of John chapter 3. We're now in 1 John chapter 3. So, you have to really clarify. But anyway, it's interesting that John 3 and 1 John 3 both make this comment related to being born of God. So, born of God is about inheritance. So, that's the choice of God as source, which is a choice of the inheritance covenant. And so, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Okay, so why is that? For God's seed abides in him. 
What a sentence. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So, it's almost like, and, and I love this. This is to me that there's, there's a real grace in this. And the grace is, is we cannot keep on sinning. And I, wanna, I want that. I want to take ownership of that sentence. Even though there's an argument, well, we do it all the time. But we cannot keep on sinning because we're born of God and God's seed abides in us. And I, I'm, I'm picking a hold of that. I'm not letting go of it. It's like, no, I cannot keep on sinning because I'm born of God and God's seed abides in me. So, let's just so where does God's seed abide? You know, it doesn't abide in our foot, right? It abides, and well, it does, but it abides in our heart. And f- from our heart flows to everything that we do because we're born of God. There's a real hope in that. There's a real grace in that. But there's something else, and that is this, this simple thing, is that we become intolerant of weeds, when we're born of God and God's seed abides in us. And I think if you're listening to this right now and God is your source, you know, you believe in God, of course, you have a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. You choose God as your source. You're born of God. God's seed abides in you. Take a hold of that because, because we're now on a journey where we're intolerant of weed. And I think more, every person I talk to in the kingdom... That's what they say to me is, I can't stand these weeds. I can't stand them. And that is a beautiful thing. You know, it's because we have this grace with that, the daily bread grace that God is walking us through the journey of setting us free of these weeds, right? And so, there's a choice in this, of course. There's a grace, there is a change in our countenance, and there is a choice. And here is the choice. The choice is to yield to God so that God might remove the weeds. God might be the weeder who comes in and we and doesn't weed eat because we don't you know doesn't want us to eat the weeds. We wants us we want God to to walk with us through the journey of dismantling the root system so the weeds are removed by the roots. They're not just cut off and regrow. We want those weeds re, um removed at the root level. And I think one of the things that God really highlighted to me this week about about serious weeds that came from the religion of God and from the so not God but from the religion of God and um not from the truth Jesus is the truth but from the phantom uh seeds of evil, if you will, the seeds of the evil one, which which come from the maze, the different mazes that we've been talking about this last year, are prejudice, bias, um, this this dependent dependency upon the false version of love the expression that has all the right words all the some of the even some of the seeds of truth but they are deceptions and and they're not real it's that it's that morality that replaces the fruit of love and um, prejudice and bias and all of these things that that dilutes the good fruit but if we yield to that, then God is going to take us on a journey of removing those things. If we resist it, then, then we have this, this combination 
of of weed and seed that just continues. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Revelation 3 when he's talking about the the lukewarm. I, you know, I'm spitting you out, out of your mouth, not out of my mouth, not because I'm rejecting you, but because I'm going to uncover that grace so that you can be set free. So we're we're going to be on this journey. So please choose it. Choose it to choose the grace, embrace what what uh, John wrote for us. We're born of God. We we no longer have a practice of sinning because God's seed abides inside of us. We can't keep on sinning because we it's we hate the weeds. We just can't stand them anymore. We want them gone. So instead of resisting, let's let's yield to God's weeding our soul. And when God weeds our soul, then these phantom moralities, these prejudices, these biases, all of these things that we received from the the maze that is around us. I mean, it's not it's not like, well, did we get in the maze? Did we not get in the maze? The maze is everywhere. We were born in a world of selfishness, but if we will yield to God, he's going to get rid of it. And the hope in this, and this is the glory to me of 2022, is we have spent these years, some of us, 15 years, living a life of what eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor mind conceived. We have experienced it. We have known it. We've lived it. It's been our life, that love that we carry, that love that we've known personally. And now we get the glory of seeing our hearts just like what was written in Proverbs, everything we do will flow from our hearts that are full of the seed of God because we are born of God. And with daily bread yielding to God and his weeding process, love gets louder. And when love gets louder, we carry that currency. You know, we've been talking about the the one true currency that the world needs today is the love of God, and there's nothing like it. It's never beginning. It's unconditional. There's everything in this world, no matter what it is, it has a, a point of origin. But God's love doesn't. God's love is never beginning. There's nothing like it. And when we carry that, we're carrying the greatest currency. Whether you you carry the U.S. dollar, the Australian dollar, you know the 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 euro, the South African rand, you know whatever it is, the you know the the yen, the you know whatever it is, <laughs> whatever you're carrying for currency, the real currency that you carry is the love of God. And when we have the love of God flowing out of us. The seed of our hearts produce a harvest, and the fruit of that is full of seed, and people get that seed, and they receive from us a life of what eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor mind conceived. Look at what we're carriers of, because it's flowing from our hearts. So, all our choice is very simply yield to the God who weeds. Don't resist. Yield. And God is going to flow this year. God is going to flow from our hearts, from the seed that he has sown inside of us, the love that changes everything.
indeed, and amen. So good, boy. Um, I think I'm going to echo you much, but I'm going to begin. We've come into a new year, but we've also come into a new month, and so I don't want to miss our, our rest and dimension and all those things, but I think they, they really connect. So we began a new year, of course, early Saturday morning, <laughs> and then a new month. I think it was uh, sundown Sunday or Saturday. Anyway, the month that we're in now is Shavat, and Shavat means staff, rod, or power. This is a very unique power because it, it comes from the line we are of. So if you think of the tribes, they were purposed to extend the line of their fathers or extend the faith of their fathers to live in that same faith as their father did. <clears throat> and sometimes they did and sometimes they did not. But this, this power is about extending holiness, extending who God is into the, the world of us and the world around us. So that power comes from extending Him, extending the truth and a fullness of who He is to us in our lives and, and the inheritance that we are and that we carry. So, so Shavuot is a time to kind of widen the circles of sanctity and to truly draw down the holiness of heaven into our everyday lives. So it really is about making the mundane majestic, like the, the places we don't often invite him into because it's just what we do. It's, it's what you do in a day. You know, you do the dishes, you put gas in your car, you make your meal plan, you, you go to your job. <clears throat> but all of those are, are holy unto Him when they're done unto Him. And so we make mundane things majestic just by inviting His holiness into them, that they would be things we do unto Him, not things we're doing just for ourselves or because we have to, that we recognize the choice of what we're doing, that we're doing it with Him. That's when the holiness comes in, not just that we're doing it for Him, we're doing it with Him. We want every every act of every day to be with Him. We want Him to be part of it with us. And it takes ordinary days become different because we remember that He's extraordinary. And that is Shavat. And an interesting thing of Shavat is it has a new year in it, which is the new year of trees. On the 15th of Shavat, um, that's when the sap would start to rise in the fruit trees and a new growing season would begin. So we're entering into a new growing season. And the hope is that we would grow closer to Him, more connected, more one with Him in these days. And, um, and you know, we, we do that in in days that can seem rote, we don't do it by ritual. We we just realize that that the act of of growing began with planting, 
you know, and so the act of planting is an act of faith. Once you plant it, you have no idea when the sprout is going to come. You don't know anything is happening until it's happened, except by faith, you know there's motion. You know that there is movement. And uh, that's, that's our invitation in these, in these days. So now we come to our word for rest, the rest of the bride that we might gather the rest of the bride. And that word is shavak. And I know at this point, these words are all <laughs> sounding the same, but they're not. So shavak is spelled shin bait hate. And it means to soothe, to calm, or to bring peace. So this is an act of God, this rest, because it's where the pressure of the past six days in a, a week with Shabbat or the past six years when you're in a Shemitah, but really the pressures of the past are taken away and you settle in to where you are right now. This rest is when we recognize the difference between pleasure and peace. And so often we're looking for pleasure that makes us feel better, but what we're really pursuing is the peace that changes everything, that passes all understanding. So that is the rest that we're entering into. So we've, we've talked about the sheen and the bait each month, but sheen is to be pierced. It's that pictograph of a flame bound to the coal, and it means to be captured to passion, completely captured to passion, to lay hold of him and not let go. And then bait is, is that firm foundation, that house, that doorway out of where we don't belong into the house we are of. So it's a place of shelter and habitation and belonging. We know where we belong and who we belong with. It's that set-apart place. Hate is binding with God. This is like a marriage relationship. The pictograph is a hoopah that the couple walks through to enter a new life where you are no longer the center of your world, but now it revolves around this relationship you have with the other person. In ancient times, they called this being born again. It was a picture of salvation. And hate is a fusion of two letters together, the vav and then zayin. And on top of the two letters is a bridge. And it's a bridge that unites the two. It is the heart of the groom and the bride to be connected, to be united, to be one. And life, every word that is life, uh, Haim, that's um, the only one I can think of right now, but they all start with hate, with this, it's spelled C H E T. And the gematria of Vav and Zayin is 13, so it's a womb. So, what it's so much about preparing for what comes from this union. So, the first letter of groom in Hebrew is hate. And so, there's a word that connects bride and groom. It's ko'ah. 
and it means the strength and power of the home. And one of the the places of rest, this having that pressure removed and discovering the difference between pleasure and peace is one of the the catchphrase isn't what they would have said, but kind of one of the catchphrases of this word is that the groom will love the bride's soul. And we had a, a lovely discussion about that last night. Like, you know, when you come together in any relationship, whether it's friendship, it's uh, sharing a household, it's marriage, whatever it is, you you often can set about to uh, get get the other person's soul to surrender to you instead of loving and and getting to know that person's soul you know like what are the motivations what's real what's true and and walking that journey together we we're often trying to beat the soul into submission but this is a place it's just lovely because he he wants to love and know the fullness of our soul because the covenant of our soul, all of all of us, is to bless the Lord. And so when we recognize that in each other, our soul looks different. We see the things that keep us from blessing the Lord, not the things that displease us as much about each other. <laughs> so we're not trying to get each other to surrender <laughs> soul to each other anymore. Uh, so much of this is just recognizing, recognizing him and where he is to, to be discerning so that we know the difference. So then our dimension is Jehovah. That is the existing one. And this dimension is about knowing Papa, being present and not just like, not just being you know, here, you know, like a checklist of, you know, I, I haven't left, but being so present in what he, he's doing, there's an aspect of the throne room to this, as you shared in the dimensions. That's such a, such a potent place to be in the throne room. There's going to be imagination that's part of this dimension because imagination is what accesses the throne room. So it's being present in what he's doing no matter what he's doing, being completely present in it. Even if you're saying, I don't, can't see what you're doing, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm here for it. Because this is the dimension of he was, he is, he will be. This is the everlasting where you're present, where you are, but you're present in the past too, because who has he always been? And who has he never been? Like, he has never harmed me. He has never refused me. He has never rejected me. And all those things of who he's always been come into, he will remain that. He will remain that in my life and in this world. And it's everlasting. And it's all stirring to his mercy and his forgiveness that this dimension is so much about His mercy and His forgiveness, those things that are everlasting. He is always merciful, and He ever forgives. And so we can connect to past, present, and future in this dimension because of those truths.
And I love it so much. <laughs> um, I have too much to say about the tribe, so I'm not going to say it all. In fact, this is what happens when we don't have a podcast. I have too many things to say, and I'm going to try not to say them all. <laughs> but Asher is the tribe of the month. And so much significance to to Asher. So the um, the name of Asher is joy and happiness. And one of the one of the trials and triumphs of Asher was to never substitute pleasure for joy. To never substitute anything to please God in all their ways. Just as the people, when they would be going to the temple to offer sacrifice, they would not substitute what was pure for something that was not. You know, they would, they looked for their purest offering. And so that's, that's Asher. And they, Asher knew when it was the season for cleansing, when it was the season for anointing. So they, they were very good, um, in that discernment, they could they could be taken by a life of comfort at times instead of comfort in in that the battle of Deborah, you know Deborah and Barak. Asher didn't go; they stayed in their coves. They stayed where they were comfortable. But when they were invited by Nehemiah to join the Passover celebration, they were humbled. They realized the significance of coming because they hadn't been able to celebrate Passover because there weren't enough priests that were consecrated and there weren't people that were assembling. And so when Nehemiah put this invitation out, Asher humbled themselves and they came because they knew they knew the joy of the Lord that Nehemiah spoke of. They knew they wanted the Lord to be joyed, <laughs> to have the joy of His people being faithful and assembled, and they came to that. An interesting thing about them is they didn't fully take possession of their land. They only took possession of what was comfortable, of what was easily given to them, and they actually... Uh, lived among the people that had already, the Canaanites who had already occupied the land. And uh, so they were always in, in this tension of really living not in a mixture, living in contentment instead of comfort. But, but they chose well for the most part. They, they understood God's heart for His people to return and that this moment when they, they came and celebrated the Passover, that the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind and to carry out what the king and the officials had called forth to return to the Lord. The battle at the gate, the gate of Asher. As you had shared, it's the gate, at this gate, the groom reveals the beginning and I, I've really been taken by that because I, I feel like we're having a beginning revealed to us right now. And this is about joy. It's about sorrow completed by joy. Um, processing grief and painful memories with Papa and releasing the joy of the Lord. So this is about grief 
being completed by joy. It's about completely, you know, walking through the process and coming to that place of joy where grief is complete. And I think really one of the battles here is realizing that you can be um, you can be in a place of grief and a place of joy at the same time. And there can be a guilt when there's a grief we're walking through to feel joy at the same time. But you can have a, a, an utter devastation and an overwhelming joy at the same time because He will never let us forget there's joy to complete grief, that there is joy for the sorrow. And that's really the process we're surrendering to in grieving is that He will complete it with joy and our battle can be to let Him, to let Him deliver us from that place where maybe the memories mean the most to us, even though we're living without that particular um, person or part of our life that we were once in, and that He actually wants to take us from that to something more, to to a new beginning, and that there's joy in that. And so I think that's the battle is not just not walking through grief, but not walking towards something, not work, walking towards the joy that He's offering and recognizing the moments He comes with joy in the midst of the grief. So we know that they complete each other. They can walk hand in hand. That That's a huge battle for us. I think it's probably a more practical battle to look at than some of the others, but to really, to be returned to joy. And we know we want joy, we want to live in joy, but but we can resist it. We can resist moving uh, from the memory of something to the fullness of everything that He has for us. So, yeah. And I, I also found it was significant with Asher, this being Asher's gate. You know, Asher, um, most of the tribes, all the blessing talked about was of the sons, but it was Asher's daughters who were continuously talked about as being blessed. They were the ones chosen to marry the kings and the rulers and princes and, and all to come. And so he really... Um, there was a great blessing for them. And, you know, Asher was one of the lost tribes, but there's this moment, and I think I'll talk about it more next week because it was so full I couldn't even try to put it in this. But Anna was part of the tribe of Asher. So here's this lost tribe, but it's a daughter of Asher that's in the temple when Jesus comes. So remember Simeon and Anna, and they both recognize Jesus in a unique way. But Anna was from the tribe of Asher. So in in a moment, that tribe was no longer lost because she was there to recognize that he was the God of redemption. He was bringing redemption. So just a cool thing. And then the tabernacle is living water, blessing out of victory. One of the stars means water jar. Another star, Matar, as its name means, who causes to overflow with joy. 
Another star means the recording of the pouring out and is a picture of Jesus pouring over his people. And I think that that connects to that battle at the gate and that word for rest. Will we let him pour himself upon us? However he desires because it's the way we most need him. Will we let him come with the thing that would deliver us? Will we let him be merciful to us? And that was that was part of as I go into what I've been seeing for 2022 New Year's Day that morning after a very short sleep <laughs> I woke up and heard and you know it was it was internal it wasn't audible but I recognized him so clearly and he said I am jealous for you and it <clears throat> it took my breath away for a bit because um what I what I recognized as I went through the day and through a song in different ways he was speaking to me I recognize I don't always let him be merciful to me. I don't always receive his mercy as fully as I could. I don't let him be the water pour, pouring his spirit on my flesh so that I can be moved fully from where I am to where we're going. And so as we come into 2022, I feel like we're going to meet His mercy, just collide with it. And and there's so much significance to it that I don't yet know, but I know that unless we fully receive His mercy upon, you know, let Him pour upon our flesh, we can't really be merciful. And I think there's a great need for mercy in the days ahead that we will understand as we walk those days. One of the the first things he said to me for this year is we will meet our living God as a living hope or with our living hope. We will meet our living God as a living hope. As the days add up in this year, we will have no doubt not only that his heart is for us, but what his heart is for us. We will not doubt what he's expressing to us personally or what his living word is. So as a person and as a people, there is going to be a clarity that um, that will be amazing because we are going to be choosing to keep his word alive. Keep it alive. Just thinking of all the times when we couldn't see what he was doing until the breakthrough happened. But but now as it's as that seed is moving and doing all the things a seed does in order to sprout and grow and bring harvest, we're going to be aware of that movement. And it's going to be just more than a feeling. It's going to be a fire in us that we recognize Him everywhere that He is. And, and this will culminate in a joy that just won't let go. A joy that can't be taken by circumstance because it's held by God. It is held by our living God. And I think one of the ways that we'll walk through that is that this is going to be a year. We talked to some podcasts ago, not that far, but 
I have no concept of space and time, so one of them recently, but about being houses of prayer. And I feel like in this year, we are going to pray as we never had, and we will be so satisfied in the house of the Lord. We will be so satisfied, present with Him, and like what we're going to be walking in this dimension, being so present in what He's doing, recognizing that He is in motion, He is moving, and we're stirred by what He's doing, even when we can't see it. We will be sustained by Him and kind of recognize what have we been letting the world take? Like the world can't take what He gives, but what have we been freely giving to the world that, that wasn't meant that way? What have we been letting the world take from us instead of, instead of holding fast to what He's given so that we can give freely to the need not not as a theft, because all these things take our eyes from him. I think that was part of the, I am jealous from you. He, what, one of the things he said to me in that was, he has the power and the zeal to draw me away from any and all other lovers, if that could be my true desire. And that that's just where I've been. It's like, that is my true desire. I don't want to be anywhere near anything that takes me away from you. And and just in these, you know, it would seem days, but he, he um, think he's been working on this for a little bit of time, but the testimonies are already coming. And it's been amazing to just realize how utterly recognizable he is and to be so aware of his mercy. And I feel like in this year, we're coming out of an exile, and it'd be easy to say it's out of the exile of of COVID or a pandemic, but I shared this New Year's Eve that, you know, we we came out of the ark, and, you know, the water receded a bit, so we could, but it didn't completely leave. The water is still there, and we've been learning to... Um, to live in the water, you know, live in the place where he's present instead of all these other things. And I think we have, we've walked on water a few times, but we haven't ridden the waves just yet, but I think we're gonna. Um, but I think part of this out of exile he's talking about, it's, it's the places where we've put our focus greater than on him. It's the places we've been looking to say he's moving or not instead of just being where he's moving. And, um, and so just similarly to what you were saying, one of the prayer he gave, I think for us for this year is open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes. I want to see... I want to see inside the borders of me. <laughs> you know, we've we've had nothing between us. We've we've looked to how have we hurt another and and we're not going to stop considering those things, but I think he wants us to see himself in us. See that he dwells, the living God dwells in us. 
so fully that we we have become, we are becoming the living hope. But the exile has come because we've set ourselves, instead of apart, we've set ourselves against so many things. And so we're not standing for all that He created us to, you know, bringing down that line of holy. And this is, you know, I can't tell you how long we've been podcasting. I don't know how long we've had Sesser journeys, but that's that's a foundation of Sesser's is we don't stand against, we stand for, we stand with, truly. But we've set ourselves against instead of apart, and we're not always recognizable as Him, as a living hope. And... Instead, we can be a people of impending doom, and that this is the exile He is bringing us out of if we'll just come, if we'll come out. And we will see Him in us in such a powerful way in these days. And realizing, as is spoken in Isaiah 55, 11, talks about the rain and the snow come down from heaven. They stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow and produce seed for the farmer, bread for the hungry. And it's, it's the same with his word. The seed he sends always bears fruit. And, and we've been looking, you know, at a land where maybe it's been always winter, never Christmas, <laughs> like in Narnia, but Christ has come. We have Christmas. Christ has come. So there is a living hope that we carry. And the one we meet with it is our living God. And it's, I think that living hope is so much about, and the, and the truth of his word is, is Acts 2.37. Peter preached salvation. He preached this message about salvation, which was the joy of salvation, the power of salvation, the change of salvation. And those who heard were cut to the heart. And this Jesus lived this for us as the living hope. He wielded the word in every wilderness. When he was in that wilderness and the enemy came, he wielded the word of God. And we can wield that word in wilderness too. Instead of trying to, you know, <laughs> take a, a sword and get our way out of it, we can wield his word within it. And, and that's how we come out of exile. So who, who is this living God we're going we're gonna to be meeting? Well, it's the one who pierces and penetrates everything. His word is living and active. It's talked about in Hebrews 4.12. His words spoken are spirit and life. Uh, that was um, spoken in John 6.63, and sadly, just a few verses later, and you talked about this in the last podcast, John 6.66, they fell away. And so this is, we, when we meet the living God, we remain, we're pierced, we're penetrated. When we haven't truly met Him, we'll fall away, we'll fall to other loves. His seed abides, as you said, His seed abides in us. His words spoken are life, and they lead to abundance. And it's the living God that leads us to rest, because we can only truly enter rest when His Word is deeply rooted in us. 
it has taken root and we are bearing that fruit. The living God is effective, powerful, capable of producing the intended result. The word of the living God is vibrant, energizing. It's not static or idle in our lives unless we don't allow it to take root. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like like fire, like a hammer come to break rock into pieces? Wow, that's, that's our living God. It's His word that does a deep work in us first. He opens the eyes of our hearts first, reveals what is in our borders, and then we have a living hope to take beyond where we are. And that living hope Peter talked about, he's, he's considered the disciple of hope. <laughs> Peter, I love him. <laughs> uh, so 1 Peter 1.3, he says, Great is His mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. This is more than, I hope it doesn't rain, right? This isn't trivial. This is eager and confident expectancy it engages us and energizes us. We want to live right where we are. We're not trying to get another life. We're living the life we have because He lives on, and we want Him to live on everywhere that we are. This isn't about Him coming for us, but going with us. It's He's alive and active in us. We recognize Him in us and the capacity and capability, all of that view changes. It's all from the strength of his faithfulness. That's where the living hope comes from. We are strengthened by his faithfulness. We know he's faithful. We can be anchored in past places that because we know we're continuing him into the present. Jesus is alive in us. Even in trials, we're not in despair. We're not living without hope, no matter where we are. This living hope points us to all the things unseen and undiscovered. And we want to we wanna pursue those. We want to see those. Let's open the eyes of our heart. You know, in the song from years ago, we want to see you. Like that's open heart. We want to see you everywhere you are, everywhere you are. This is an inheritance. It's imperishable and it's unfading. It's kept in heaven for us. And that's 1 Peter 1, 4. It's kept in heaven. The source of our hope is never external. It's not about what happens. It's about who holds us and who we hold inside of us. That living hope is the yet to come. That's 2022. Let's do it. Going to be a big year. It is. It is. Person, it is. Yeah. I know that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, isn't it cool that God just wants to do it? That's it. God wants to do it. And we get to yield to it. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. <laughs> All right. We will see you tonight. Can't wait. Talk to you next week. Love you.